Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the Album artwork and the visual side of hip-hop has always played a crucial role in how music lovers engaged with the art form. For me, album art is routinely a key factor in my bump or don't bump decision as it relates to new music I haven't heard, and even with music that is established in my rotation. A bad album art doesn't affect the listening experience per se, that would be weird, but it does kinda bother me like those first two Rock Marciano albums. Why pair such innovative music with artwork that is so played out? But I digress. Today we're joined by someone who knows the visual game more than anybody. We are joined by someone whose work has provided visuals for some of rap's finest. From legends such as Prodigy, Clips, DJ Premier, The Alchemist, Marciano, And most notably, as of late, many Backwood Studios artists such as Arm & Hammer and Shrapnel, you have surely seen much of his work if you are a fan of this show. So I hope you enjoy today's illuminating conversation with none other than photographer and film director Alexander Richter. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC-TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What's up? What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm doing good, bro. Doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm super happy to link up with you because I think a super important element of hip hop that I've always been fixated on, but don't really know much about outside of just observing, you know, album artwork, music videos, that kind of thing, is that visual aspect of hip hop. I think it's so important and so I hope, hopefully, in your opinion, like celebrated in hip hop to an extent that I think it's deserving. And so what better person to talk with than you who has created some of my absolute favorite favorite visual moments in recent memory? Like I have one right here. This yeah, man, just, I see it. Thank you very much, dude. It's the best. Yeah. For those listening on audio, it's the paraffin instrumentals. I think for the instrumental. Yeah. 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 Man. Definitely. Uh, uh, stoked to be here. Thank you for yeah, asking. Yeah, and, and I think right off the bat, what I want to do is get into how you got into photography and film. Like, what drew you to this form of art? Uh, well, I guess in some respect, it's like um, I discovered it late in some capacity, you know? Like, uh, ironically, my father was a photographer before me, but he had passed away when I was younger. And so there were always some cameras in the house, but I never really had picked them up until uh, actually after kind of college, I discovered like I went, was going through some stuff and I found it and I had already been doing the film video side of work, but the photography part, which I really started to focus on kind of developed later. So um, discovering his tools. And then as a result of that, 
uh, started making the photos and kind of just self-educating myself how to make pictures, you know, and I think I've always been very visual. It just took me a while to find the exact medium that I really um, enjoyed using and tried to like process the way I see things and transfer them in a way to share it with other people. And given how in-depth your knowledge of hip hop clearly is, as we will get into shortly, you clearly love hip hop music and you're very entrenched with the culture as it relates to, you know, photography, portraits, that kind of thing uh, uh, related to hip hop. So I'm curious, like what compelled you to pursue the visual side of this art form versus, you know, what a lot of people do, which is like, I want to make music, produce or rap. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I guess going back to when I was younger and, you know, discovering the music, um, getting a first cassette tape and then, you know, kind of my voyage from there, I always saw imagery, which was something that was like the first thing that I kind of would see or, you know, anybody discovers before they hear the music for the most part. It's like I would see a an ad in a magazine or some sort of photo somewhere or the album art just to discover if you wanted to even buy a record. So it was like, that was the key that always was cluing me into what I wanted to kind of get down with, you know, and, and as a fan of music, I mean, I, I love music across the board, but hip hop music is definitely something that I have been listening to since I was a young boy. So it's like, um, Eventually, you know, as I got a little older, I still, you know, in a high school situation, I'm ripping photos out of the magazines or, you know, like the mm. short proof section of a double XL or a, the source or whatever, like those type of images to me. It, it wasn't even at that time, like aspirational. It was just like that was fresh stuff to have. Yeah, on. just pure like adoration. For like, yeah. oh, shit, that's, you know, I don't know, Redman. I don't know you know, Wu-Tang, I don't know, Beastie Boys, I don't know, Run DMC, whatever, you know, but those images by those photographers that I didn't even know their names until later when I would get further into educating myself to be like, oh, these people are the ones who make these photos that I have fallen in love with. And consistently, it's the same people who make the images that I'm like, damn, those are Mm. special or iconic, you know? So I think strictly from a, a, a fan of, you know, again, literally tearing the photo out, taping it to the wall and being like, oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, I I think at some point I wanted to kind of make beats, you know, in my early 20s, but I just didn't do it. And the camera at that, that's why I'm saying I kind of discovered it at this crossroads of do you try to make music or you continue to go visual and mm-hmm. the camera I felt like was a way for myself to try to capture the world around me, but also be involved with music in a way that maybe my talent might connect with people and people might want to work with me eventually, or just appreciate like, yo, that dude makes some good photos. Yeah. I feel it's funny. I think similarly, even with me, it was around, I mean, I started the podcast two years ago, a little less than two years ago but I'm 27. So I'm not short. I'm not that far removed from university. And I similarly kind of had a a feeling of like, okay, I love hip hop so much. Like, am I just going to start making beats? I got an MPC studio and yeah, similarly, it was just like, I don't think, I don't think the making beats part is really what I love doing, or maybe you just don't have any talent at all. I feel like so many people hip hop. Yeah. Just so easy to like, 
fall in love with trying to make it, but it's interesting when you come to a different conclusion like you did. Yeah, man, I think. And again, it's like, you know, it's kind of what your ambition is or what your participation is, you know, where you want to, you know, at this point where you're at, the game is very different from where I was when, you know, in my early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like at this point, the thing is so shifted that it's like there's great opportunity to get involved and to be a tremendous member and a conduit of kind of sharing information and you know depending on how you process what you're doing it's like there's a lot of people paying attention now you know if it's on the images that i'm making or if it's on the podcast you're creating or there's an there's an audience there that's interested in what we are doing you know and it's mm -hmm. a great time to have that and, and speaking of like where we are right now in like the hip-hop like age of where we are with streaming you know, most album art, generally speaking, if you don't collect vinyl or CDs or posters necessarily, it's consumed mainly as like a JPEG on our phones. That's how like the most casual fans at least absorb like an album artwork, let's say. Um, and I'm curious what you feel is the importance of album art to a piece of music in today's day and age. And if you feel like it's increased or decreased in value, because I feel like people have varying opinions on that. Yeah, man. I mean, to me, it's always going to be important it's been important from when i was a young dude buying albums again sometimes strictly based off of what the imagery was oh yeah I didn't even hear it so it's like sometimes you win sometimes you lose but again it's like a sense of discovery of departure and today i think it's the same thing you know it's difficult that uh one inch by one inch image on a phone or or nowadays i guess it's bigger but you know when the Apple and all this stuff first started mm -hmm. coming out. I mean, the, the, the thumbnails were tiny. So it's like, um, to put that much information into a little space, it's kind of like, it's a little bit sad, but at the same time, for the most part, people are discovering that when they like that, they go in they're on a band camp and they see a bigger image or they see it on the vinyl that they purchase or on the CDs or whatever. So it's like, inevitably, it's very important to have, I think, amazing artwork you know is it always possible to deliver that no it's very difficult to also to create and i'm not just saying for myself i'm mm -hmm. saying for, i think the artist the mc the illustrator the graphic designer whatever you know it's not everything can always be um iconic but the game the, the aim is to try to make something that people should be getting a sense of what you're getting into before you even jump into hearing track one of the record of the cd of the mp3 or whatever you know so yeah i think it's very important and i feel like today fortunately there are a lot of people who are focusing on trying to make their artwork as good as they can or mm -hmm. you know what i mean that people are taking pride in it you know i think it's like uh as an artist you shouldn't drop the ball on your cover single yeah. full art back art whatever you know yeah, I feel like, especially given how much music comes out these days, giving yourself or not giving yourself rather uh, a leg up uh, with kind of like having pretty mediocre or just not well thought out artwork is just doing yourself a disservice because For I think sure. I even like tweeted it today. It's like I if if I see like a project on a listed on Bandcamp or any any music site, let's say, and it's produced by one 
guy and rapper. It's just one rapper. I just generally love that kind of one rapper, one sure. producer combo. And then if the artwork's great, I might just fucking listen to it. And I have no idea who these people are. Sure. And the artwork's a huge part of it. It's just something about it. It's just like, oh, there's might be something of value. There might be something of like real, like creative vision in this project. And it doesn't need to be that conscious of a decision, but you just, we like attractive stuff. We're human yeah. beings. We like I visual, we're visual creatures, you know? Oh, yes. I yeah. think, I mean, again, and that's why it's, it's unfortunate when sometimes you're like, that's what somebody, you made all this intention with the inside music. And then on the outside, you kind of just didn't put too much into it or you rushed it or, you know, or people mm -hmm. also, I, I mean, I can't always speak on what people do, but you know, it depends on how you also are working with people. What, you know, what the, the, if you're looking for people to do stuff on some sort of, Hey, that I need something cheap and right now and whatever yeah. you can get cheap and right now, you know? So it's like, uh, I think yesterday I saw somebody on Twitter, you know, with a thread, all about album covers that they were appreciating for a Friday release. And I looked through and I was like, yeah, there was some good ones there. They, oh, know. that was Cinema Sai, I think. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw the same thing. And it, and it put, and it literally, that's perfect. It literally put me on to this guy named Tony Velour, who I, I may have heard the name, but he was one of the, one of the artworks. Like it was that gray one with the guy like on the floor. And I was like, wow something yeah yeah and i was like wow what is this i don't know this project i don't know what this is i recognize the other few i think and i checked it out and it was really great i was like whoa this is sick now i have this new artist i'm into it's like yeah. it can set it off like that hell yeah i mean when i saw the the tweet again you know it's like uh i don't know that dude but i think i recently started following him because he seems to you know, write about backwoods and other people who I'm kind of connected with. So then I was like, oh, but just to see, not only was it from the, hey, I like these albums or whatever, but the focus being like, hey, this is the album artwork that is driving these records. You know, I appreciate that type of stuff because I also get inspiration from that type of thing. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, you want to know, you want to be competitive, want to have the best artwork that I can create and that you will see as the the viewer or as the fan, as the listener, you know, that you will be like, wow, Alexander shot this photo. And of course, this is his work. And this artwork as a result is feels like the picture that you're, you know, the music will feel like the image that you're seeing or what have you, you know? Mm -hmm. So that thread was cool to see and shout out to that dude for, you know, putting that type of thing out there and seeing other people kind of contribute to it or whatever, because it's like, you know, you're not going to like everything, but good to see that people are in tune with that and kind of thinking also about it. So, yeah, for sure. And, and when you talk about, you talked earlier just now about, you know, it's not always the same process with how artworks are generated. Sometimes it's very collaborative, very kind of organic. Some other times it's just like, I need something to, to kind of package this record that I have wanting to drop really soon. And I'm curious what your process is. So like, what's your process when you are like tapped to work on a visual for an artist? Like, do you usually come through with initial idea of the art based on your take on the music? Or is that usually like the artist that's saying like, I'm feeling something that looks like this or this vibe, make it for me. Yeah. I think it's kind of, it can be a little bit of both of that because um, there are projects that it's like, Hey, we need to shoot an album project and this is what you do. And we want to kind of 
you just lead with your ideas and what you think could be good locations and blah, blah, blah. And there are also times when people approach and will be like, hey, I have this project done. I need images. Do you have something in your archive? Or, you know, because sometimes I'm not always shooting something directly. It's like people are like, hey, do you have photos in your, yeah, your archive that would feel appropriate for this direction, pardon me, mm -hmm. that we're going in? You know what I mean? So um, I think... I like to do a little bit of both. I mean, I love to create photos specifically with that project in mind, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm also stoked if somebody says, hey, I'm in a different city and I'm not necessarily able to come to you or whatever, but I would like to work with you. And so do you have something that would work for this project? And um, yeah, I think it's like a bit of both. I like to, when creating projects and shooting stuff, I love to listen to music. Like, I mean, I'm a very idea generating type of photographer. Like I rather think and kind of have a plan and have a direction and then totally freestyle out of there if not, but I'd never want to go into anything ever just blank. You know, yeah. what I mean? even if that means like when I was doing more editorial or whatever, you know, you walk around a neighborhood and you see a couple walls that you might take a photo in or environmental locations that you can quickly put that person in, in a situation that you can maximize your time with whoever you're having, because you don't always have long periods of times to make photos too. You know what I mean? Like stuff sometimes takes a few minutes and that's what you're working with you know other times if you are fortunate enough and the you know the projects are more drawn out then it's like hey we can have a bunch of ideas flowing and a back and forth between because the artist themselves also has their vision that yeah they exactly so i want to be respectful and mindful of that it's not to kind of just commandeer you know, a shoot and say, this is what it is. But I think also if people are interested in what I do, that the trust is a bit more inherent that it's like, hey, I'm going to you because I like what you produce in the end. So I want you to shoot how you think this looks best. You know what I mean? No, totally. And on the topic of, you know, like what uh, so how like some artists are more involved than others. What are some of who are some of the artists that you've previously worked with that are some of the most involved as it relates to like really having a pretty significant like opinion and vision for what the artwork should look like? Well, definitely, I would say that Woods is one of those people who has like a a, a vision for much of what he's doing. You know, mm -hmm. I think again, like our relationship creativity creative wise is that you know there's a trust there and there's a reason why we work together and that you know he is willing to hear my ideas and that i hear his but i think that he definitely um you know has ideas in his mind and then you know we try to execute those uh you know other artists i would say things like they're more kind of um a little bit looser but another example i guess of the other of that same direction is say like uh um closed sessions approached me to do the album artwork for deaf sea and boathouse yeah and they had an idea in mind but they were in chicago and i was here in new york so um with alex 
Fructor, DJ RTC, we, he expressed the idea that they were going for. And then I went out and shot those photos to try to get that vibe or to execute their vision. Obviously doing what I do, but, you know, keeping in mind that, hey, this is kind of where they want to go with it, you know? So um, as of recently, I would say, you know, that those guys did that. Uh, I did some photos last year with um, Castro and Premrock for the shrapnel. No, oh, those are dope. Um, packaging a little bit. Uh, and those, I would say, there was a bit more loose. It was a bit more like, okay, hey, we're going to make some photos. We have an idea. They already had wanted to work with Shane, I think, as the illustration goes. And so, you know, we made the photos. And then in the end, I saw how they wove them together. So, you know, like they had an idea conceptually, but mm -hmm. they just were a bit more loose in how we created them, you know. That's just a couple of like the... No, no, that, that's great. No, I'm, that's very... I mean, the ones that you, stuff, you called like, out, it makes sense, yeah. But yeah. There, I mean, there's like, you know, again, the album packaging goes back to like Sean Price and like, you know what I mean? So it's like, depending on where we are, the the it's probably too many album packages to try to exactly explain how everybody does it. But I feel like, you know, as of recent, there is a good flow of it, you know? It's good. Yeah, it's good variety for you too, I'm sure. Yeah, man. And, the, yeah. and I think like anything, it's good to have an idea and some people they're just more hey dude you just kind of do what you do and we're going to get the photos out of that or um but i think it's always good to have like a vision especially if you hear the music and you're like okay mm -hmm. you don't want to create images that don't connect at least i don't do you usually listen i'm sure this might be a dumb question but i'm sure the artists send you the music to listen to prior to doing this right yeah Okay, because I mean, that'd be just ridiculous if they don't. I wouldn't imagine how yeah, that man. would work. Yeah. yeah, no, it would be like, I mean, again, if they feel comfortable to do it or not do it, I mean, most often, again, if you're getting in touch with me to make photos, then you already know the process and you know how things are going to go. And that mm -hmm. I will always ask to be like, hey, what is um, the music sounding like? Mm -hmm. You know, because then it gives a direction. Am I going to yeah, shoot totally. it black and white? Am I going to shoot it in color? Are we going to shoot it in film analog? Or are we going to shoot it in digital? And, you know, we have the direction of that will also influence the packaging, I guess, you know? Yeah, like I think of, I, if I'm not mistaken, you did the alternate photographs for terror management. Is that correct? Like you didn't do the main one, but you did like maybe the, was it like the vinyl packaging? Yeah. Yeah, those are, those are crazy. And if I think about, it would be impossible, I think, to honestly, in my opinion, like create those photos without hearing the album because that the first thing that i heard because i actually like it's the one woods album that took me the longest to love i love it now it's actually like maybe one of his absolute best in my opinion but it, it was one that i was like oh i like this a lot but it wasn't like hiding places and it kind of sure. threw me off and it's so cold like it's so unforgiving and the artwork of like the ice uh we call them icebergs those yeah. icebergs yeah, yeah. yeah, iceberg, like that's couldn't be better. It's just so desolate, but it's beautiful though. It's like beautiful, but it is like so like captures the essence of that record. Um, and I and I love that one. Yeah, man, I agree with you. And again, that I think ties back to you know Woods having a vision of what he would like to have it visually, you know, mm -hmm. and finding the right things that make sense 
that I too like, and then that together we're like, that looks like some, you know, the proper images to go forward. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when you were talking about, you know, like sometimes you're like walking, you're like walking around and you're looking at like, oh, this might be a cool wall to, to kind of like, I, I'm just thinking it's, it's a bit weird when I think about it more, like as a beat maker or a rapper, I would imagine, you know, I don't do any of those things in any significant manner. Like I imagine like if you want to get better, like, I don't know, you just like listen to other music. You try to like work on different techniques, sampling techniques, sure. rapping. You might try to like write in a different way, different cadences. But as a photographer, like how are you improving your craft? Because I find it's it's such a the it's a it's a amorphous might be the word. It's just very difficult for me to tangibly understand like how you get better as a photographer. Yeah, I mean, I guess if there would be like technical part of it, you know, mm -hmm. like when I first started off, like I was self-educating. I'm still self-educating. I, I never had like photography 101 class university, you know, art, whatever. It's like a trial and error. So mm -hmm. in the beginning, I made lots of mistakes, especially shooting film, because early on when I started making photos, digital really wasn't part of my process, you know, okay. like shooting the film you make your mistakes shooting with the wrong shutter speed or, you know, doing stuff where you're overexposing, underexposing, you know? And so with time, then I would see like, oh, these are the mistakes I made. And then technically, you know, you start to correct that. Inspirationally. Yeah. That's the part where I find that's so much more hard for me to understand. Like, is it yeah. just like being very, is it like, I feel like it might be even like, especially you live in New York. Is it like, um, what being very conscious of your surroundings and being like smart and diligent and like noting down, Oh, this is a nice backdrop. This is a cool wall. This is definitely yeah. I mean, for all of that. I think like, you know, I do stuff with a very conscious process. Like I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm not kind of like I run and gun, but at the same time within that, like it's very targeted how I'm moving or what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And for people who work with me, I think they, would echo that would be like, okay, you know, Alex moves in a way that he sees things that quickly that the subject wouldn't necessarily be cognizant of, you know? And so that is from looking at the world through my own eyes. And then also by looking at all of these photographers since my youth that I used to see the images or still see the images of great photos, you know, it's not always music related. I mean, mm -hmm. I just, images you know and so if you focus and learn to look and see how my vision is my own vision but you also have to see like what made good portraits or certain poses or you know certain things that you recognized oh that was a clear way to eliminate a background and focus mm -hmm. on the subject without other things when you see people who aren't thinking about that and sometimes things are sticking out of somebody's head or you know, stuff that makes yeah, it distracts like from the focus that you want. Yeah. Because you're really so trying to it's, paint it's that. It's not always possible because, you know, again, depending on the context of how you're making images, you don't always have the perfect way to move a subject or to frame it. Or so, you know, there are images that you'll get that you'll be like, oh, it's like 90% how you want it, but there's a little, you know, you're human or I'm human. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
there's still going to be that human movement to it or flex. So it's like, as I get older, constantly repeating the process of making photos and seeing how I like to work and how I like my final photo to be, I think that guides me to making better photos, you know? And so it's, it's you who would say more so than me, like, I don't know. Like, I could just be like, yeah, I'm making better work. But I would hope that you, when you say, oh, dude, you've made some of these great album covers, that you would see consistently this dude has made these type of photos. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? or that you, the viewer, wherever that person is, when they buy those albums and they put on a record that they're like, this dude always delivers good stuff you know what i mean and that it doesn't feel like it gets watered down or right imagery is just kind of like yeah mediocre like Mm -hmm. i'm not in you know ideally you know what i mean so so as you we've talking about like hip-hop here like i'm really wanting to understand like what was your foot in the door to actually get actively involved in the hip-hop community as a photographer like how did that first start and like build from there after doing all of that initial discovery and whatever what it started to be was that um in the early 2000s i was living in the bay area i was working at rasputin's records i was interested in music i wanted to do stuff Uh, i was trying to do video work out there and eventually you know life pushed me back towards new york and i came back to new york and when I continued to want to do hip hop stuff. At that moment, for me, it was more complicated to do video because it seemed like it felt like you needed more people to get involved. Mm, like, right. it wasn't as like DIY, the equipment wasn't as like downscale that you just had a, a camera that also doubled as like an amazing capture of motion, which later on, this is what the cameras turn into. Mm-hmm. So when I came back to New York and I wanted to do music, I you know, decided I would start to do photos. As we mentioned, or as I spoke earlier on with Woods, Woods and I have been uh, close friends since before he's really making music and before I'm making photos. So, you know, as uh, we start to do our own things, there were times that he would need images to be made and that, I would be able to try to get involved in those projects and create photos for early backwoods projects or whatever. Simultaneously, I was also just reaching out to magazines and trying to just get involved with whoever was interested in, you know, having my work, even though it was very green, involved in their books. You know, Mm -hmm. this was like I was uh a little bit late for the magazines and like you know it's like when magazines are kind of fading out and the internet is fading up you know what i mean it's like so there's still a lot of competition for photography at that time and so you know i just little by little was able to get spaces where people would trust me to make photos and you know the the love of music has always been there. So it's more right. when people were willing to take earlier risk to be like, hey, can this dude make photos for us that will be appropriate, will be good, you know? Because at a certain, inherently you have to be like, if you don't know a person, you gotta be like, 
they got to start somewhere. Right. And I'm really interested to getting into um, on the topic of backwoods, because obviously that's like a big reason why I feel like a lot of people might have come to know your name. It's, it's rare that your name gets actually shouted out. A photographer's name gets shouted out in a rap record, I'm sure. I know Charms is the song that that happens. At least that's the one. And there might be another. But before we get into that, I just want to know, generally speaking, what's like your favorite shoot that you've done for a rapper that you can think of? Like maybe a wild story or just a really fun experience? Hmm. As you go, like to be clear, like, and I'll put this in the pre-record intro, but you've you've shot stuff for people like Mar- Rock Marciano, Clips, Action Bronson. You did the Sob Stories album cover. Like, it's there's so many to name. It's really truly like the majority of like hip hop that's coming out of New York. It seems like you've done something, so you got a lot to choose from. I'm sure. It's funny. I mean, I don't really think about it like that ever. Like you know, I mean, again, as much as I have done, I always have want to create more and to be more a part of it you know because it's like to have your work trusted to be the visual for somebody is a great responsibility but it's also something that i'm very hungry for because it's like you know after i'm gone these images continue to live on you know so uh i mean there's a lot of stuff you know but i i guess not that it's necessarily my favorite but one of no, it's not that it wasn't favorite, but a crazy story because you mentioned the Sob Stories album artwork mm. is that uh, on that photo shoot we were on some like kind of penthouse suite in Chinatown, and we were trying to shoot this idea of uh, Bronson with these girls, and he his idea was, you know, to have these women in the photos and to do a bunch of different stuff. And so, you know, we were trying to do a variety of images and there was this one where we were going to shoot from the outside into the inside of the room. And I was on the exterior of a balcony, you know, shooting inside and there was a big heavy glass door and it swung open and somehow it caught the middle of my palm with the locking mechanism that was in the door. Mm-hmm. And it split my whole palm, not the whole palm, I, I won't be, but it gave me like a substantial lead, like blood. Like, you know, I, it was like, a, a stop the presses. I don't know if I can do the photo shoot anymore. You know, uh, lightheaded, feeling kind of crazy. And then because of the job, because of the nature of like wanting to deliver, because of feeling like this was Bronson and I wanted to make sure he got his thing and the record label that had hired to do the photos that they were going to get it and that Paul Rosenberg at the time that he would get whatever. I remember that we just kind of had to muscle through it and somebody went down to like the CVS, got some bandages and yeah, we just wrapped up the palm and what ended up being the cover artwork was shot after the fact of this moment where oh, shit. You know, I was thinking I to stop the photo shoot because it was a moment that I felt like, yo, you've just got a massive cut in your hand. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it wasn't just like a scratch. Yeah, it was like yeah. stitches the next day at the doctor and the doctor being like, why didn't you come here last night 
to deal with this. You should have just showed him the album cover. Like this is the, this is why, and he's like, "Oh, that's yeah, so <laughs> oh, I, I get it. Know, oh, yeah, there, don't, don't even see say no more." Anyway. Yeah. So there is uh, there's this little like uh, you know I don't know where there's a scar up in here somewhere that goes down this line that is like forever. When I see it, I'm like, "Oh, that's from the day with Bam Bam." You know what I mean? Like, uh, so that's just like a physical moment where you're like, yeah. you know photography for me is a physical process as well and i guess you know when people have worked with me they're like dude you're like a karate dude you know oh, I, heard, I think i heard that i think it was from elusive when i spoke to him he was saying that you really are like that the prototype that you know when people like do the stereotype of photographer like all the, like the weird like postures and like jumping up on stuff like you actually do that i hear and that that's that's dope that's dope shout out to shout out to you brother shout out to elucid i was gonna say i mean we made some photos recently for the i told bessie and uh you know that was another dude who had an idea earlier but shout out to elucid i mean you know honored always to collaborate with him and again that you know he gets down with what i do and that is one of those cats who you know I think he appreciates and that there's an effort made. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like work the angles. You yeah, know work I mean? the angles. Exactly. La like, last thing on that story, though, like how did how did Bronson take that? Like, was he really appreciative of you like powering through and getting I, that done? Honest, I mean, you know, in, in the context of action, I feel like it was like, that's what you had to do. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like, this is my album cover and like, you got to do this. And so, it, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's kind of a, a catch 22 because you don't have really another day budget wise to go. I mean, do you, you're involving other other women, too. And like that's a, that seems like something you kind of can't. It's hard to duplicate, you know? Yeah. I mean, everything about it. So you're kind of like, well, all right, here we go. Like it put a massive pause on it. And, you know, like an hour, an hour and a half later, you know, we were just like, OK, we got to resume this and figure it out. and. But I'm literally shooting with like, you know, looking like I had just gotten stabbed through the hand and <laughs> like knife attack. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things where it was just like, damn, bro, this is what you do. This is how you kind of persevere this moment. And, uh, you know, not that everybody knows that Bronson project, but, you know, they those who do know it, it's like, yeah, that is images that Alexander shot. And, you know what I mean? It's like another kind of. Um, feather in the quill of like a you know an archer that you're just mm -hmm. like every time wanting to get better do it differently do it you know never create the same type of image ideally invoice a victor a nigga i was given this world i didn't make it this a crazy place baby face with the shine of the magic charm bracelet patient upstate bus station baby fat but his baby's the wolf's take and so you know although your catalog spans decades it's vast in recent years, as we've talked about a few times now, like you have really become a fixture in like the the backwood studio cinematic universe, if you will. Like yeah. you're you're responsible for some of the label's finest work with like the paraffin cover, Haram, Save Yourself. I told Bessie, like you just mentioned. Um, why do you think I, your I, I didn't shoot the cover of Oh I yeah, right, right. You did like the poster. Initially I yeah. was supposed to, uh, yeah. but elucid found these photos in the archive that felt right so I oh yeah yeah for sure yeah i was referring to the poster which i i will send you a photo of when i get it because oh, yeah. that's i ordered that it's it looks dope yeah, um yeah curious like why why do you think your 
creative vision seems to connect so well with like a lucid woods and the rest of the crew because it just seems like everything you're creating with them is, is there's a lot of examples now and they're all pretty fucking fantastic if, if i would say I appreciate it bro um i mean i guess i would hope that it's like the same way that they share respect and for as being mcs with each other and like knowing like yo this is like the dude elusive working with woods or woods working with castro or castro with prem or whatever it is you know that these guys they all feel like they do their craft at a high level you know and i think there are plenty other photographers out there that have worked with those guys that make good photos but i also feel like because of the nature of our relationship how far back we go uh inherent mutual respect trust like you know it's like uh it's not going to be because of me that it fails you know what i mean like i'm not going to let the ball drop on my end when you want to work with me so i think the results you know the proof is in the pudding and it it's like we all um you know are kind of lending our talents together in a way that i don't shoot every album packaging that they do Mm -hmm. But the ones that I do get to get involved with, you know, I try to put my foot in and that it'll be like the next time it's a no brainer for whoever to be like, oh, we need photos made. You know, we've got to get Alex involved or whatever, because, you know, you're kind of. In some respects, only as good as your last photo, you know what I mean? So it's like each time. Uh, you want to make sure that you're doing something that people will feel like, yeah, this is why I work with him. and. Uh, you know, fortunately, backwoods, you know, that's where the process, it started a long time ago, you know, like, especially with Woods, it's like, this has been a long marathon of making music, you know. Um, so as that grows, visually, I'm growing, and there are times that we're able to just go parallel with each other. And as our strengths get better, it's like an inherent you know, I keep saying inherent, but it's really, that's, I think, what it is. You would have to ask Woods how directly he would want to say it, but, you know, I think that there's just a a trust there that makes it knowing, like, okay, the dude is going to deliver good photos, good images for us, whatever artist is involved. Oh, yeah, no, I, uh, very well said. And I think one of the biggest moments for Backwoods for Woods, for for Lucid, for Arm and Hammer was this Haram moment with the Almighty Alchemist. Not only was it an amazing album, we can talk about that for days. The album artwork really kind of kept with the moment, and in my opinion, and really was striking to say the least. It was a bit controversial, you know, legitimately getting blurred out. Now it's officially like a an album cover that has to get blurred out by a lot of things to not get uh kind of taken down off social media like what was your thinking behind this i guess you call it gruesome pig slaughter cover because i love it personally but man it was it was actually kind of polarizing for a bit on uh on the social media for sure the discourse around the album yes i mean in that context again like this is where uh for haram the process is that uh the album, I knew the album was being made a long time before there was ever an announcement. I just, from, you know, you're like, oh shit, my friend has now told me that he's working with the Alchemist. Yeah. You know? yeah. I 
ironically, I had photographed the alchemist in like 2007, you know? So it's like, I have my little moment of connection with him, but he has this bigger project that's about to come together. So uh, I think there was a moment where he was like, hey, if you have the opportunity to shoot the cover for Haram or Shrines, you could choose which one would you want to do the artwork. And I was kind of like, well, it's a no brainer, but I'm doing Alchemist. Like, I don't want, I mean, the other one is cool, but to put my imprint on something with Al, please give me that opportunity. Yeah. But also then like the pandemic is happening and everything. So it's like stuff is getting kind of like, there's a distance that's being made between them making the album and where Al is. And fortunately I had gone to the Philippines uh, with my wife in December of 2019 uh, before the world shuts down in 2020. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, as a photographer, I'm always making photos. If yeah. it's just an environment that I see and inspires me. So we were in what was a wet market in the Philippines near where uh, we had family. And so just walking through there, you know, I always have the camera on me. Like I don't leave the house without a photo a camera it's always there so you just see things that in, grab your interest you know and asking when you're in the part of the the wet market that had the butcher you know it was it was uh coming from the united states coming from america you know a lot of people aren't going to be used to that type of environment yeah it wasn't like a sterile white tiled uh, butcher shop with clean, you know what I mean? It was like, there's blood on the floor. You know, I'm wearing flip-flops, like walking through there. And I was like, wow, this is some real shit. And so, you know, I saw this dude with the pig heads and asked permission, like, hey man, can I take a photo of the, the heads on the table? And then he was like, the first guy said no, but then there was a guy next to him who was like, sure. He was looking at me and he was like, yeah, go take your photo, dude. And then I took a photo that was like the tighter detail of what has become the album cover. Mm -hmm. And then I asked him to take a photo of him with the pig head. And so then I take a step back and that's the back album cover. Where oh yeah, that's also a really great one. Yeah. The hands with the knives. So the bigger reveal of that would be a dude, you know, smiling kind of like <laughs> with the slaughtered heads. But for the feel of the packaging, uh, when Woods asked me, like, do you have images? You know, there was a bunch of stuff that I put together, but he already, they already had Haram, the title, like, you know, so they're, they it's already there, you know what I mean? So when I showed him this batch of photos and I said, this one would look crazy, he was like, that's it. That's, there is no more photos to look at because that photo of the two pig's heads is going to be the album cover, at which point I knew it was going to be problematic, but I also knew that it was going to be a good problem. Yeah, know? definitely a good problem. Like I knew that that was again, like, yo, dude, when I was a little kid and I went into the physical record store and I looked through tapes or looked through CDs, you saw that type of stuff and that imagery would be like, oh, shit, let me look at this. So, you know, mm -hmm. once people started to see the album cover on the reveal, I think people were like, I already know what this album's going to sound like. Yeah, and I think the album description that uh, Backwoods created for it, like just kind of 
provided the context. If someone was confused, like, wait, why haram pigs? You can kind of make a connection immediately, but past that, like just the grotesque, but the grotesque, the way it's just so bare and like, just, yeah, it's just so bare and open and just right in your face. It's like, that's what the album was like. That's what the lyrics are like. That's a lot what backwoods and Arm and Hammer does, but on that album it was very pronounced. Like, this is just how it is. This is yeah. life. This is what reality is. It's yeah, man. gruesome, you know? And I mean, again, it's like, it's a shock. It's a, it's a strong image for people to, but you know, at the same time, it was like Woods and I, there is no gore, like, oh, you know, you're looking for like something. Yeah, it's not like clickbaity. Like, uh, it, there's depth. There's a reason for it. It's not shock for no reason, you know? It's done with intention. It's done with the process. It's done with layers to it from your, top all the way through you know what i mean like once you hear chicharrones or once you hear other parts of that record it literally can connect to the top of the album that you will be like oh you know you got to kill the cop in your mind or or whatever it is like however you want to kind of process or you could just be like yo it's just a crazy photo and yeah. i'm not looking for more but there are there are levels to it that i feel like are appropriate even the image that you have on the background of yours of like the giant teddy bear left over slumped over in the trash you know it's like on one image it's a slumped over bear but depending when you're hearing the music and how you're processing the things it's like you know there are other image there are other layers and levels that go on to it you know and so again that to me is like you know that's the that's the blessing of of somebody giving you space to be like, okay, yeah, that seems like a good photo. Not just like, nah, dude, that's too graphic. That's yeah, too yeah. You know, there's no parental advisory warning. There's nothing that's making it feel like it's an album. Like, you know, it's an album without no title, no, you know what I mean? It's just like, hey, man, some people have described it as like a painterly quality, you know what I mean? That, And it's, it, yeah, it feels like it. And it feels like, um, the right time, the right photos for what they were doing. And I'm glad that it worked as the success of that album kind of put them into a different uh, space, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about your kind of photography work, but I do want to transition to this short film, this documentary that you created, showcasing the life of Riley Privets, aka Rise Dark Brother. And the wild array of like never before seen moments that were captured through this documentary that he captured in his work, you know, with figures like obviously Mob Deep, we came up with, but other just like, just wild, truly wild stills like Metal World Peace or Ron Artest. I don't know what his name is now. Just a really interesting 15 minute short film that I recommend anybody check out. And I'm, from your perspective, this being, I believe your first documentary, what drove you to, to choose this kind of path, choose this kind of subject and work with uh, the Dark Brother to uh, make this documentary? Uh, well, thank you for taking the time to watch it, dude. And definitely like, you know, if there's a link for people to watch it, that would be rad. Cause oh, yeah. to me, Dark Brother Rise, his name is Rise, Riley. He is what, you know, I would call like a photographer's photographer. You know what I mean? Like, just like, a man who was making images, not thinking about any publication, not thinking about any placement in an album. Like, of course, 
eventually, if he were to get work from it, he wasn't looking away from it, but he's from Queensbridge. He's from the 41st side of 12th Street, which is the block that, you know, uh, Havoc's from, which a lot of those dudes from Mob are from, Big Twins, you know. Um, and, but outside of just that, I mean, he was from the community. So it's like, uh, Ron Artest was shooting the the jump shots outside at the basketball court because at one point Ron Artest is just high school Ron, or as mm-hmm. they called him, Ron Ron. You know, so it's like if you're there and you like to make photos, and at some moment this person is just a regular dude, and then kind of transitions to becoming Meta World Peace, you were just making those photos without the intention of knowing that he's you know necessarily going to blow up. Although I guess Riley knew. He had a story where he saw Ron shooting like at three in the morning in the snow, free throws. And he was like, you know what? That type of dedication, this dude's going somewhere. So, um, but Rise is just a, a photographer. And he was mentioned in um, the book by Prodigy from Mob Deep. And there's a little paragraph where it talks about him, about like being the unofficial archivist of Queensbridge, of, of you know, kind of the community. Of course, there are other photographers, but, you know, once I discovered that, I had done another job with Prodigy doing some other work. And so mm-hmm. I reached out to a mutual connection and was like, can you link me to this dude? Because I, you know, thought it would be a cool story to explore and share with the greater world because I never saw his name like I would see Esteban Oriol or I would see Sue Kwan or Jonathan Mannion or, Clay Patrick McBride or Mm -hmm. Danny Clinch, you know, these are the guys and women who I literally uh, would tear their photos out. So I never had seen Rise's name. But once you started, you know, hearing this and the connection to Mob and, you know, when you're also there is like a person that people don't feel like is trying to exploit you get a lot of moments where people are just very trusting of you and what yeah, you Yeah, very genuine. Yeah. And genuine, exactly. So it's like the photos that Rise has are real moments of just, it's not always posed the best way or, you know, whatever. The, it's just real, raw type of photography. And I think that the way I make photos, I felt like that type of guy to me was inspirational. And um so yeah eventually when we first met he was like you know he wanted to suss out the vibe see what it was like he was down with it we shot it i shot it 2014 and then didn't really get a chance to finish it until the pandemic and then you know the pause in life gave opportunity to sit down in front of a computer and edit and try to share you know that this guy has all of these images and Ideally, somebody would have seen it and maybe they would be like, yo, let me go to Riley and deal with him, giving him an opportunity to do some photo work Mm -hmm. in a book or, you know, whatever would come from giving exposure to somebody like that. And at the same time, if it was just that the fact that we got to share his story, then that was also a victory in and of itself, because otherwise... Right now in 2022, you wouldn't be asking me who Dark Brother Rise is because you wouldn't have known who he was. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it was eye-opening for me. Yeah, all these photos in QB that would still be there that the community would know, but as a person who loves hip-hop music, 
you have an appreciation to say, hey, let me look at those. Oh, shit, that's Nas when he's little or that's, uh, you know, Mob Deep when they just do hell on earth or things that, you know, as 27, you might not have always been right there at that moment consciously when it was going on. But you can look at it now and be like, dude, I mess with that. Like, you know, like that type of person is creating a space to preserve you know, in a different way that you will do with all of these interviews that you do, you know, at some point, these will become down the road, things that people will go back and be like, Oh, where's that thing with the lucid? Or, oh, mm -hmm. there's that thing with Alexander Richter, or there's that thing with Billy Woods or shrapnel or whoever, you know, I know you speak to other people, but you know, it's like, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. you know, you get down and you support uh, a lot of people that I rock with. So it's like, you know, that shit to me is as is important and when podcast documentaries or whatever come out then you know people eventually kind of start to focus on people that they feel are genuine with their intention yeah and i what i really liked about the like the story that you painted of him was that man he just really felt like he was very proud of where he came from and like even just seeing him take photos of like random people in the park like that are just people that live there in the in that neighborhood was just really interesting and seeing him have those one thing i it was i'm really glad you caught it this way it was like the first scene where he's pulling out the books mm. they're they're i think the same exact kind of brand of book but they're different colors but there's these big like looks very like old school like fancy looking and it's just scrapbooks and it's dated yeah. and then later on in the the film you someone's mentioning you how like Literally, if they were like, yo, what do you have a photo of like April 3rd, 1987? He just pulls out a book and he has everything dated. It was just remarkable how diligent he was yes. with kind of capturing like an entire neighborhood. Seems yeah. like he just hip hop, but even outside of the hip hop, just like of that neighborhood. Exactly. It's, it's pretty crazy. And yes, it's exactly about it. And at the same time, what's great about Rise is that he would tell you, thousands and thousands and thousands of photos and yet not everybody is deserving of a photo so it's like you know there was his own kind of like yo i gotta rock with you to make you part of my world my archive my interpretation of qb you know not everybody was able to be photographed by him you know what i mean so it's like there's this fine line of like he had his own quality control but he oh he was very like yeah, man, dude, the books upon books upon books upon books of like photo albums that, you know, you, it's not always, uh, that's what I mean. It, it could be just like a kind of a slanted photo, kind of crooked or whatever of like prodigy chilling somewhere back room. And, you know, one person could be like, oh, well, you could have done it better if you had, you know, but at the same time, it's like you weren't there in that moment when P is that relaxed or, that comfortable to have their photo made because at that time too, a lot of people are, you know, and I, I'm sure it happens today as, as well, but you know, people are nervous about what mm -hmm. the distribution and exploitation of images can be, you know? So it's like, he was a real, he, not even he was, he is a real community figure. You know, mm -hmm. that's why he is dark brother rise. That's why he is like, the OG of that area of that neighborhood that people are like, you know, we got to meet up with Havoc and Prodigy for a quick moment when they perform because of that connection. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's not just 
you know, running up on somebody, which oftentimes today people just have a camera and they can push through and yeah. try to force something. But there it was like, oh, yo, what's up, Rise? You know what I mean? Like a genuine moment that it's like uh, the band getting back together, you know? Yeah. And like when you're talking about how the the connection because I'm sure this applies to you and we see it in like the, the results with like the, with backwoods and with the people, with a group of people that you've been knowing for a long time, you can kind of see that trust manifest in the result in the end product. And that was something that when you're saying this about uh, rise, it reminds me of um, the Kanye documentary, because if people have watched it, if you haven't watched it, like it's three parts, the first two parts are mainly when, the cootie and yay were actually close and then the third part is is years later like in post 2016 i think and my it wasn't like a criticism because the whole thing because i made a some like a little episode on it it wasn't a criticism it was more just like a damn i wish it was different kind of comment because i know he had no control over this but you could really see the difference in how and like the quality and like the intimacy of what he was able to capture at that time it was just i was just like damn this and this moment this is when they were creating two words like the passion and then you saw the distance between him and cootie and it kind of made me feel really sad i was like mm. damn this is just like it was very accurate but you could see how uncomfortable and just how different kanye was like he just seemed like oh even though you're my friend from like a million years ago I'm still Kanye now and like every, my likeness is on film. I'm aware of it. Yes. I am being different. I'm being kind of pulled back. I'm not being as honest. It's like, damn, you know? I actually, I was just thinking about that documentary. I need to see it to be honest because I haven't seen it, but I saw somebody had posted a still from it. Like they're driving in the car in Kanye's face. So kind that's of the exact scene I'm thinking of. Cause that's okay. in the third act. Yeah. yeah. Out and it, well, this thing is like him saying like, I'm nowhere near getting my dream or, you know, whatever I saw. And I was like, you know, there are those moments that are, they're more difficult, I guess, later on as people become bigger celebrity, I don't know. But, you know, hopefully the idea would be that you would be able to maintain that kind of intimate connection with somebody that you started with before anything is really popular. Mm -hmm. But I also know that everything changes. So by the time that Kanye is doing that last part of the documentary, he's such a big entity personality person money maker all of this stuff that you know maybe and again i didn't see it but i'm like this guarded nature or this yeah exactly guarded like, yeah what you're doing the the kind of misappropriation of your image how everybody might be trying to like yo let me get something off of you or do you know what i mean and it, it's got to be a difficult thing to deal with at the same time, you would hope that like, yo, if that's your man, that you were doing stuff when you first were getting it popping, that that would be the trust that you know that that's also what they're going to do respectively now, you know? Yeah. And I, I recommend you watch it because what you're kind of saying, the what I did appreciate is that it's actually from the standpoint of the creator, Cootie. Yeah. So you, by the time you watch it, it's very clear that whole, like, it's very, he makes it very apparent how things have changed in that third act. Because yeah. they kind of fall out. They don't fall out, but they just kind of like lose touch for like a large amount of time, like right. to 2010 to 2016, really. They didn't talk much and you see it. And 
Yeah. And I think overall that like the last point I'll make on that was just, it was very accurate though. That's why I didn't like have a problem with it. It was just like, damn, that moment you're thinking of that you saw the still of, that was one of the few moments in that like uh, act three where he was kind of opening up. We just didn't get enough of it. And I was like hoping like, damn, there's so much you could ask him about like, what's with all these outbursts? Like what's with all these like views that you've adopted? It seems very contradictory and we don't really get much because you can tell he can't, he can't ask those questions. I don't think he feels comfortable because like, like, man, you see a few blowups where you can see like, especially some of the mental illness show up and you're like, it made me feel really sad. It was like, but I mean, that's kind of how I feel now about him. I just feel like, damn, that sucks. Right. Like what that's what's happened to this person that I used to love, you know? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's a difficult thing. And again, you know, like anybody, everybody's always evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, who you were three years ago is not who Rohan is, you know, today. So it's like, you know, it's like, uh, we're constantly changing, but if you're under the microscope of whatever that is, it's like a very difficult place, I'm sure. But again, for my own personal, you know, I have been reflecting on it recently and, you know, and it's like, I love to see the success that, uh, my friend is getting, that his label is getting, that the, artists my other friends you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like they're my friends you know what i mean but again it's like you know it's like woods we are going back a long time so it's like you know to see uh i always knew that the dude was just i mean insanely talented so again like now if we work now and we work in five years from now and hopefully we're around for a long time and hopefully we're all making stuff you know, I don't plan on slowing down on making photos. I'm sure that he won't plan on slowing down on making music or doing whatever. And that, you know, these things, the we keep getting stronger and the tree keeps getting larger, yeah. you know, like, yeah. a, like a, just, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you want to be able to feel like, hopefully that trust will always be there. Hopefully, you know, and I wouldn't see why there wouldn't be. I'm only commenting on this as you talk about, uh, the success of uh, or Kanye kind of pulling away. You know? Yeah, yeah. He trusted is a great place, and you don't want to fuck it up, you know. Okay. On that note, I want to just transition to a last kind of patron question. So this one comes from Dano of Free Music Empire, who's also a patron of the show. Love him. He had a cool question that I was curious about. It's like when you look at a great photo or piece of art, whatever it may be what stands out to you as a photographer as a visual guy like where do your eyes go huh uh i guess it depends on you know what because a great photo as he taught i mean he's not he's saying in general it's yeah general yeah portrait yeah i don't know if there's exactly one thing about it you know i mean i guess usually for me things are more of a feeling you know there's a a famous quote by a this photographer Bob Gruen and he was just kind of like where I I don't want to bastardize it but it's just pretty much it doesn't matter if the image is always not technically sharp or whatever it's the feeling of it that's the more important so it's like you know if I'm looking at a portrait uh you know then I guess however the relationship between the photographer and that person in that moment that they connect, but I also will see like, oh, wow, a beautiful lighting. You know, some photographers are very technical and they use lots of strobe. 
stuff that might be out of my wheelhouse and then things that I see that and I appreciate it. Or again, if it's just like a landscape, you know, there's a whole different process that goes into shooting something of nature where, you know, you feel like it's not easy to make great photos. You know what I mean? Like I, I, we live in an image driven place, but it's like to make stuff that stands out is difficult. So, uh, you know, it sounds kind of vague, but there's not one specific thing that I'm really seeing. It's just more of a feel of the image, you know, like you could make a photo right now out of your apartment and depending on how it is, you know, to me, it will be like, Oh, that's an amazing photo. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's, as much as like to do it consistently is what changes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's where the pattern of like, yeah. That's where you have to be a photographer is to do it like bong, bong, bong. This guy nails the shot. Every yeah. Cause time. I'm, I'm, I, I think I take awful photos, but I've taken, you know, when I was in Vancouver, I took a few that I have as like my iPhone wallpaper. I'm like, that's pretty fucking fire, but I know I can't do that again. It was just very yeah. lucky. I found the light hit the leaves. I'm like, this is great. It's beautiful, but I can't. You I'm awful otherwise. If you started to focus on being like, that's something I'm seeing and I'm mm -hmm. conscious of this and I'm trying to kind of develop that sense of framing the world of like, okay, you know, you're putting everything in a box. So whether it's like a medium format square box, a 35 millimeter rectangular, it's like, you know, you have to see the world in that way. Yeah. But do it consistently. The whole reason you and I are talking is because you have to be consistent. You know, mm -hmm. you got to be shooting your shots and ideally not missing. So, you know, tying back into why I work with Woods or the artists who want to get down or magazines or labels who have ever hired me for the work or, you know, future projects, it's like there's a consistency there and there's a vibe and a, a visual style that people are like, okay, this is the guy that I want to execute this photo because uh, you're working with somebody to make your job easier as yeah. creative. I'm hiring photographer to do what photographer does. Not necessarily, unless you're super micromanager and you, you know, some people it's like, I want to do everything, but it's like, mm -hmm. you can have an idea and then kind of, alley-oop that to the photographer to dunk it in yeah exactly or you could just be like bro i'm a coach on the side and this is just the game and you're in it and you just run the point how you feel like doing it or whatever you know but it's like uh to be trusted is is a critical issue you know so again it's like yeah i don't know it's a it, photography is that type of thing it, or it's like it's very beautifully ambiguous. That's why I'm really happy with this conversation because it's like, even when I asked you this question, the, from Dan, Oh, it's, it's like, I knew that would be kind of what you would say, because it's kind of impossible to say like, Oh, it's always the lighting or the, the aspect ratio. I'm just saying shit. I don't know what any of this means, but like that kind of thing, like, because there it's like the context sometimes in a piece of art is because of how like aesthetically beautiful it's shot. But then other times it's like what the message of it is, which is not really like the same thing. Like I'm thinking of Tim Hecker's virgins. I don't know if you're aware of who that artist is. He's like an electronic noise ambient kind of artist from, from Montreal, I think maybe he's very popular though. And he has this one called virgins and it's basically just like, a, I think he took a photo and some guy probably made it for him, like took a photo that was, of like a guy getting tortured in Abu Ghraib uh -huh. and it's just striking sure. but I just find it's just it's like 
literally he's like this and i think he's getting electrocuted and it's like one of the awful pictures that were taken from there and that's his album cover and i find that album cover is one of my favorites i have the vinyl it's one of the few that i have showcased because it's just like striking for a reason that's not the same why i love like a i don't know like a yeah what's a good one i like like i like animal collectives merryweather post pavilion but that's just because it's aesthetically like trippy but that's yeah. like both of them are great but completely different reasons hell yeah i think i mean again it's like that's the purpose ideally is that you know when you tell me abu Ghraib, like you know i have an idea of a photo that could be it and you're like wow it's if it's that image that I'm thinking of a person with like a hood over their head. Yeah, it's that. Like, it might be because I think it's a pretty notable photo. Like wires or electric. Yes, exactly. Electric. That's the one. That's the one. You know, those are images that were, you know, that's somebody's life. That's yeah. somebody getting tortured. That's somebody being in a situation where, you know, whether right atrocity. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. So it's like insane. And then at the same time for somebody to say, you know what, that's going to be the album artwork. You know, there are moments that you could be like, wow, that's total shock factor. Or then, you know, if you listen to it, as I would imagine you have, if you have it presented, it's like, no, this is on point for what the music sounds like. It's yeah, it does it justice, you know, like it, people will yeah. listen to Haram and will be like, no, that's you might want to make your PG version and make an illustration of it. Or, you know, it's like blur it out or whatever. But the reality is that the the way the artist created it with their vision was that this photo, when you put it on the turntable, is the visual for the music spinning through the speaker, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's like the, the beauty of strong album artwork or for people who are thinking about it, you know? Yeah. It, you don't always have to be left in a space where you're like, oh, wow, I feel good. It, it can be like, wow, that's, you know? Unsettling. I think a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate this conversation. I think I want to just give you a minute to shout out, you know, any upcoming projects or you know, just stuff that's out there that you want to shout out and uh, where people can find your stuff. Yeah, man. Well, again, I appreciate the fact that you reached out and wanted to rap about the photography. Um, anybody interested in what my photos look like, they can go to alexanderrichterphoto.com. Um, it's first name, last name, photo.com. Instagram is the same thing. Projects coming forward. We're just going to keep that on the DL because, you know, things may or may not be happening. So, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? You can check back in a little while. We might have something. We might not. But, you know, it'll be more vague. But there's like, uh, yeah, always trying to work on something. And, you know, I'm kind of more of a person that is like, let the reveals be more than speaking about it. You know right. what I mean? So I kind of feel like, you know, if you like what I do and if you're tuning in to listening to our conversation, then thank you, whoever you are, for sharing a moment to listen to us talk. And uh, if people are interested in working, you know, get at me and see what we could make. Because again, the camera is not stopping. I'm not stopping. And you know, I would love to make more photos and hope that I love where music is right now. I love where a lot of these dudes, artists, men, women, whatever, you know, again, like I, as much as I do rap music, I mean, I'm a reggae fan, I'm a world music fan, you know, so it's like, I'm not, I'm, whoever would love to make photos, I would love to do it. And we're in a special place where people are turning out some great stuff. So 
it's great to be a part of it. And thank you again for reaching out to me to speak about uh, what I do. I appreciate that you have some interest in me. No, I'll leave it at that. Well said. Thank you so much for coming on and I uh, hope you have a good rest of the day. Yeah, bro. Appreciate it as well. You enjoy the rest of it. Peace. Catch you on the next one, dude. Yeah. Easy, man. So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Steel Tip Dove, Kakoa, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.